Mike, we're together. We are. We're in your studio, and it would be great if you could stop poking me so we could get on with this thing. I think we should celebrate this the only way I could come up with. Let's talk about lakes that erupt into a deadly cloud of poisoned carbon dioxide. That sounds about right. A limnic eruption, also referred to as a lake overturn, which does sound far less dangerous. A lake overturn is like the lake's going away. We're changing it with a new lake. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rare type of natural disaster in which dissolved carbon dioxide suddenly erupts from deep lake waters, forming a gas cloud that can suffocate wildlife, livestock, and people. That sounds lovely. Uh, Scientists believe earthquakes, volcanic activity, or explosions can be a trigger for such phenomenon, which are considered separate disasters from their actual original cause. Lakes in which such activity occurs may be known as exploding lakes. Some features of these lakes include CO2 saturated incoming water, a cool lake bottom indicating an absence of direct volcanic interaction with lake waters, an upper and lower thermal layer with differing CO2 saturations and proximity to areas of volcanoes. For a limnic eruption to occur, the lake must be nearly saturated with gas, usually CO2 or methane. These gases may originate from volcanic gas emitted from under the lake or from decomposition of organic material. Huge amounts of these gases can be dissolved into deep lake water, where it's often cooler. A small rise in water temperature can lead to the release of a large amount of gas. Then, once the lake is saturated with CO2, it becomes extremely unstable. A trigger of any kind is all that is needed to set off an eruption of gas. Which is a great sentence. It's, it's pretty good. Lake tsunamis can follow, causing even more damage and claiming even more lives. To date, this phenomenon has only been observed twice. The first was in Cameroon at Lake Monown in 1984. On August 15th of that year, several people reported hearing a loud noise, followed by a gas cloud reportedly forming from a crater in the eastern part of the lake. Then, over the next few hours, 38 people died. The victims were said to have skin burns, which reports later clarified as skin damage, such as discoloration. Survivors reported that the whitish, smoke-like cloud smelled bitter and acidic. Vegetation was flattened around the eastern part of the lake, probably caused by the tsunami. Now, this lake is near a center of volcanic field activity that includes at least 34 recent craters. But there's no evidence that this event was caused by an eruption or sudden ejection of volcanic gas into the lake. Cloud smell and the skin damage to victims were never fully explained. Some theories attribute the skin problems to a combination of pre-existing conditions and routine post-mortem effects, although there is no clear consensus. Among the victims were some of the riders in a truck carrying 12 people. The truck's engine stopped working and the people inside the truck got out and were killed. This is really interesting. Two people that were sitting on the top of the truck survived. Because they were elevated, they were luckily able to breathe clearly as carbon dioxide is heavier than air so it stays close to the ground. Man. Lucky, right? I know. In 2003, a venting pipe was inserted into the lake in an effort to prevent the disaster from reoccurring. Initially, a pump was needed to pull water from the bottom, but as carbon dioxide began to vent, it created buoyancy in the water and in the pipes, allowing the pump to be turned off. A study in September 2005 by George Kling and other researchers at the University of Michigan found that gas was not being removed from the lake quickly enough to ensure that this disaster wouldn't happen again. Kling recommended the lowering of the existing pipe and the addition of a new one in order to release even more carbon dioxide. But the Wikipedia articles that we were looking at seem unsure as to whether this has actually carried out. <laughs> I hope it has been. Oh, me too. 
All right, let's take a break. Today's episode is brought to you by Mack Weldon. They make the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you're ever going to wear. They're so confident of this, they have a no-questions-asked return policy. If for any reason you don't like your first pair, just keep them, and they'll refund you, no questions asked. Mack Weldon make undershirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and waistbands that don't roll. And everything is made of premium cotton, blended with natural fibers. As I am in the US right now with Stephen, I had a bunch of Mack Weldon stuff delivered to his house for me to collect, and I'm very excited to be even more comfortable for the rest of my travels. Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com with the code UNGENIUS. Thanks to Mack Weldon for their support of this show. A second deadlier eruption happened at neighboring Lake Nios in 1986, this time releasing 80 million cubic meters of CO2, killing around 1,700 people, 3,500 livestock, again, by asphyxiation. There's just no oxygen to breathe. This huge cloud of gas climbed above the lake and into nearby valleys, displacing all of the breathable air. Some 4,000 people fled the area, but of course, as we said, many were killed. Those who weren't suffocated were left with respiratory problems and other ailments. It's unknown what happened to cause this eruption. Most geologists suspect a landslide, but some believe that a small volcanic eruption may have occurred on the bed of the lake. A third possibility is that cool rainwater falling on one side of the lake triggered the overturn. Others still believe that there was a small earthquake that caused this, but as witnesses did not report feeling any tremors on the morning of disaster, this hypothesis seems unlikely. But whatever the cause, the event resulted in the supersaturated deep water rapidly mixing with the upper layers of the lake where the reduced pressure allowed the stored CO2 to burst outward from the water. The scale of this disaster led to much study on how a recurrence could be prevented. Several researchers proposed the installation of degassing columns from rafts in the middle of the lake. The principle, like we talked about earlier, is to slowly vent the CO2 by lifting heavily saturated water from the bottom of the lake through a pipe, again initially by using a pump, until the release of gas inside the pipe happens naturally and the column of water can lift on its own. Following the Lake Nios disaster, scientists investigated other African lakes to see if a similar phenomenon could happen elsewhere. Lake Kivu in the Democratic Republic of Congo is around 2,000 times larger than Lake Nios. It was also found to be supersaturated, and geologists found evidence that outgassing events around this lake happened about every 1,000 years. This lake outgasses methane and carbon dioxide thanks to its interaction with the volcano in the area. Scientists hypothesize the sufficient volcanic interaction with the lake's bottom water, which has high gas concentrations, would heat the water, force the methane out of it, spark a methane explosion and trigger nearby simultaneous release of carbon dioxide. This sounds real bad. It is real bad. That methane is valuable, though. Oh, good. In 2011, Contour Global, a U.S.-based energy company focused on emerging markets, secured project financing to initiate a large-scale methane extraction project, and this started in 2016. However, there is no venting in place for this lake due to its size. The clock may be ticking for our friends living nearby. This is this is nuts. Yeah, I don't like this one. It sounds. Re- I don't want to go near any lakes. Yeah, There's no lakes for me. This Thank is going to be in the back of my mind anytime I'm, uh, I'm near a lake. Well, I think as long as there isn't a volcano nearby, we're probably sure. We're light of volcanoes in this part of the country, mm-hmm. so I think you're safe. Woo-hoo. So thank you to Todd for sending this in. Uh, this is one of those I had no idea this was a thing, and now I do, and now I feel even more uneasy. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Todd. If you want to find links this week, you can do so on our website, relay.fm slash ungeniust slash 31. You can get in touch with us there. You can send us an email. You can find us on Twitter, 
Mike is at I-M-Y-K-E. You can find me there as I-S-M-H. And this is August. It's Relay Birthday Month. So we are doing our membership drive. Lots of our shows are doing extra episodes. You can sign up at Relay.fm slash membership. Select the show uh, that is your favorite, which is definitely this show, right? Mm-hmm. Most definitely yep. this show. And uh, you get a bunch of uh, goodies. So Relay.fm slash membership. Check that out. And until our next Lake Explosion, Mike, say goodbye. Bye. Adios.